Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. And it's all about how to get out of bed. I don't know about you guys, but I am awake. I'm going to touch this. Bear with me. Turn that down. Get that out my ear. And I'm going to jump over here on a couple of uh, places. Let me tell you, you know, we're on our primary platform. And, you know, we have an alternative platform just in case things don't go well. But listen, let me tell y'all, how am I up on a Saturday morning feeling good? Let me tell you, I rolled out of this bed all in knots, all in pain, just tired, just exhausted from the weekend. And I said, listen, let me go now in here and grab my lemongrass and let me turn that down to get my lemongrass soap. Not that I, not that I did listen, I forgot to say lemongrass soap. My lemongrass soap because I want to be refreshed. It was one of those... Get up, take a nice shower, make the bed, prepare, go around the house, try to find everything that you have left all over the place uh, so you can get ready to do this podcast. Because, you know, it was a Friday night. We already know. If y'all, well, y'all know Friday night, I was in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen cooking and preparing an amazing meal. Shout out to everybody jumping on over on uh, Periscope. I'm going to check on my Facebook folks. Listen, I need to get a couple of watch parties started. Listen, I can't tell you what to do. All I'm going to say is don't let this die with you. That's not our word for the day. That's every day. Okay. Now you can apply that to life, but I just mean social media. If you see this on social media, you like it, you listen, don't let it die with you. Help somebody else out because that's what we're here for. We are here to help you get out of bed. My name again is Yolanda. Most people call me at Dryer Buzz because for the past 17 years, I have been on this, on these plat, not these platforms, but in social media, blogging about Atlanta lifestyle, theater, the arts, community, justice, and so forth. Wherever I found that that there was a voice needed, I would go into those territories. Right now, I'm going into the kitchen and. Uh, just coming through. I've been through some trauma. We're not going to make that the story about every podcast, but that's where I'm coming from and coming out of or coming through. And on the other side of trauma, I found it difficult y'all to get out of bed. I found it real difficult. And I found that there are more people willing to climb in bed with you than to help pull you out. There are some particular people that, that come to you. You always got that one good friend that want to tell you, and it's not nice to say get over it, but sometimes you need to hear get beyond it. Come on, let's get beyond this. Come on, let's do this together. And I said, well, you know what? Rather than sitting here talking to myself in these four walls, let me go live. Let me do the thing that I know how to do because we talk about getting back into your comfort zones all the time. We did a podcast where we talked about maybe some other things ought to become comfortable. That's what we're trying to do here. Let's, let's make some other things become comfortable. Well, we don't always have to go and climb back into the bed and away from people, uh, getting out of society and all of that kind of stuff, just to be comfortable. I have a friend, that, and every time I told us, every time I look at your timeline, every time you're doing something that really makes you happy, you talk about it brings you out of your comfort zone. So what is it about being happy that you're not comfortable with? But understandable, I said, but I understand because there are times when we go through fogs. Like right now, I'm coming out of a fog because my comfort zone became the kitchen. I'm like, okay, you can't stay held up in this kitchen. You can't, 
can't, you know, even though you've gone from getting out of bed, now, you know, you run into this kitchen and now you can barely get your hips on this bar stool, you know, those kinds of things. I've got to get back out in front of people. I've got to get back out to doing some things, you know, and, and it, it is what it is. Let me see here. I'm going to try and get a share going on. Thank you guys so much uh, for sharing before me. But like I said, don't let this die with you. Don't let this die with you. Uh, just please do please like it and share it with somebody. And if you have not been through a trauma zone, you're like, well, what are they talking about? But you know somebody that has. Get them to listen or listen for some things that you should say to them that will help. It's all about helping. Okay, I'm bringing you guys back up in a couple places here. All right, so let me one last click and we can get started. So here's what happens. My first thoughts of the morning, frog in my throat, one eye open, well, both eyes are open because one of the things I did, I see Gloria on there supporting, uh, was take a nice hot shower before I got started. And you already know, how many of you actually know? Let me tell you, Natural Soap by Zakia, one of the first supporters to come on for how to get out of bed. And then we've got, told you, AIB Nation is now on board. I told you we were, we're pitching. We're pitching the podcast, y'all. We are pitching the podcast and we are pitching the kitchen, okay? If you are a creator, a creative, if you are, if you've got consumer, you're trying to get attract consumers, or if you're trying to attract capitalists, you need buzz. That's the one thing you need. And you already know, I'm the author of 27 Answers to Create Buzz. If you're out there doing podcasts and creating this great content and not monetizing Ask Dryer Buzz, go look at the hashtag, Ask Dryer Buzz, so I can help you with that. All right. So, but I want to thank always Natural Soap by Zakia. Uh, to help us get out of bed, we have a discount code, y'all. Don't run over there to the site just yet, naturalsoapbyzakia.com. I know you heard me talk about that lemongrass. That, y'all suggested it. Girl, use the lemongrass. Girl, use the green apple, the peppermint, the um, activated charcoal and kale and clay, the activated charcoal and tea tree. Okay, how about that soap has walked? My bar of activated charcoal and tea tree has walked and I know where it walked to into the girl's my daughter's shower. I'm like, listen, when that when our box comes, it barely makes it from the mailbox to my shower. When it get I'm like, I thought she was sitting this bar, that bar. Let me tell you, the whipped soap is heavenly. I need to place an order for some whipped soap because I got every kind of bar up there. But listen, not only is this uh handcrafted natural soap is you get to watch her make these soaps live. You get to watch her come up with these bars. Uh, I love when she does her icon. She did an icon collection. Um, and I, oh, guess what the, and should I say it? I think the next icon, y'all, uh, listen, spoiler alert, okay? Spoiler alert. I think the, fellas, I think the next icon collection is going to be a Kevin Hart. We saw, why? Because this is, I'm a consumer, and I know this about the person who creates my soap because she does it live streaming. She just came back from a national soap conference where she got more tools and gadgets to make more soap. And she said on her broadcast, see, this is why can your customers talk about you like this? I'm just saying. She said on her broadcast, she had a fragrance that was called All Right, All Right, All Right. Who says that? Kevin Hart. So I guarantee you, fellas, for Father's Day, I'm, I bet you she's probably going to have a Kevin Hart collection for men. Ladies, okay, let me tell you. So, 
she mentioned soap on the road. And everybody likes to talk about they don't like soap on the road. Let me tell Fellas, let me listen. Let me tell y'all about the impressions that dads make. I know y'all, I, I don't know what y'all felt about soap on the road, but let me tell you, as a daughter, as a daughter, the scent that you have as a dad stays with your daughter for life. I was in the kitchen the other day. I'm trying to figure out, I could, I'm going around my kitchen. I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, what is that? It, I'm trying to figure out what it was. It's, it had the aroma of my dad. Now, bless it, I still have my dad, right? But I was, I was, un, I think I was either unboxing. I don't know if it was one of the soaps I've got. I don't know. Something in my kitchen right now has the scent of my dad. And I don't know if it's a candle. I got a little new candle this week and I was going around the kitchen and I kept wondering, why do I, when I'm walking through here, I'm like, you know, and it's, listen, fellas, so don't think that that soap on the rope is cheesy because I think my mom bought it every year for me to give to dad or whatever and he used it or it just hung in the shower. But your scent, dad, your scent, okay, that's the first scent your daughter is going to love. Y'all got to think about, as we as parents, we've got to think about leaving these kinds of treasures, right? And I know what it was. What is allspice? It was it all was it the what's that cologne y'all used to No, it wasn't allspice. There was a cologne that that was in a green car. It was like a car. And uh that's what I was smelling. It wasn't allspice. It was whatever that cologne was that was in that green car. That was something my dad used to have all the time. Right. And my dad was a cologne, he was a suit wearing cologne guy. So he had this ritual, this routine in the morning. And, you know, he'd take that cologne. He didn't, I don't think he had necessarily had to shave. Maybe it was an aftershave. I don't know what it was. But I, to get at 52 to instantly smell that and think, wait, well, damn, that smell like that, right? And I'm telling y'all, that's what Father's Day is about. If you're trying to figure out what to give, give the gift that's going to live in your children forever, right? That's what this thing is about. So natural soap. Give dad. What do dads? Dads want two things. And I'm going to tell you details. If you go, if you got a dad with a beard and just need, he just, you know, don't have time. Listen, go give dad some details. Go to Details Barber and Beauty. That's my, and I need to go to Details Barber and Beauty because when I got out of my shower this morning after luxuriating in my lemongrass soap, I had to deal with the hair. I had to put some condition in the hair. And I'm like, you know, you keep talking about you want this hair to grow. I'm like, no, I don't, really don't. And I'm trying not to go to the barbershop, y'all, but I'm probably going to be up in there on a Tuesday morning getting the stuff off my head because I can't take it. But Natural Soap by Zakia, go over to Natural Soap by Zakia. Check out what she's got going on for Father's Day. Go ahead and get your orders in because, one, these are handcrafted artisan soaps, and they have they have to have time to cure. So come uh, Tuesday, she, she will probably make up the Father's Day batches, and then they'll have to cure, and then they'll get shipped out. And let me tell you, dads, I know, you're probably like, well, I don't know, do we want soap for Father's Day? You want soap for Father's Day because that's the sit on you that your children are going to remember. It's going to be in your chair. It's going to be on your clothes. Listen, okay, I'm just saying, it's all about dad's scent. Give dad a signature scent. Give dad, let me tell you, and then feeling good, you feel, I just got out of bed in the worst way, y'all. Tired, exhausted, all crumpled up. I done tossed and turned 
all night because half the time I slept on the sofa. Finally got my tail up and got in the bed. Couldn't rest. Put on my Oprah uh, audio book. Set it for 15 seconds. Uh, 15, I'm sorry, Oprah. 15 minutes. Out like a light. Then still toss and turn. But then I said, you know what? I can't start the day like that. Let me go get me a hot shower, natural soap by Zakia. I'm talking because I'm a customer. She has an amazing program. Cologne in the car. It was Avon product for me. Okay. That's what it was. His mom probably, mom worked, mom was a nurse. And I'm just thinking she probably, Henry, Henry said the cologne in the car was an Avon product. Because no doubt mom probably ordered from work the Avon. But I just remember the sense, and then I know the allspice was big, and he, I know he had the soap on the rope. Zakia's gonna have the soap on a loofah. The soap on the loofah, where you take the soap, natural soap by Zakia, she's gonna have a soap on the loofah. The loofahs are in, I've seen those. Y'all don't understand, loofahs have to grow. Did y'all know that? So she got her batch of loofahs in, ladies, the feet. The loofah soap, let me tell you, she's got new pomace stones. She's got a pedicure kit. Okay, for those of y'all that ain't trying to go sit up in them chairs that everybody done been in, I'm just saying. You want to do some things at home in between time, in the meantime, and all that kind of stuff. The summer is here. You need a pomace stone. You need a loofah soap. Go to Natural Soap by Zakia. But make sure you use your discount code DRYERBUZZ. And at the end of this broadcast, I will give you a link if you want to wait for the link. Uh, in fact, go on my timeline. There is a link where you can also immediately get your discount code, okay? All right. Now, um, let me just tell you. Let me talk to my teachers for a second. We're going to get to how to get out of bed, right? We're going to get to how to get out of bed. But listen, if you're not getting out of bed to support people, I don't know why you're getting out of bed. Uh, all my teachers, y'all out. School's getting ready to get out. You got books. You want to get your book out there. You want to go on these book tours. Uh, authors and business is getting ready to start not one, not two, but maybe three adventures for you. There's a retreat coming up that's going to go ahead and get you published, finalize that book that you got on your phone, on your desktop, on your jump drive. Go ahead and get that published. And then that, and then guess what? They're starting. Authors and business is going to become a television production. Okay, they are looking for authors right now. Radio is not granting as many interviews to authors. I know television, uh, you're trying to pitch and get your media. Good morning. Listen, you need to join. You need to join the number one group for authors out there. And that's AIB Nation. Use the hashtag on whatever platform you're on. AIB Nation. All right. One last note and. That is, you try to figure out, like, you know, I'm not ready for social media. I'm going to make this one short so we can get to our get to our journals. Social media clinics. You guys have been asking, you know, when is the meetups? When are the events? When is the next breakfast? When is this? When is that? All starts in June. It all starts in June. Uh, the meetups are going to be on Sundays. The meetups are going to be on Sundays. We're having social media clinics on Sundays. Uh, I'm going to have a business networking on Mondays, okay? So before you go and open the doors of your business, before you go and answer your emails, um, turning on your apps and all those kinds of things, you'll be able to get that done. Sundays is going to be our streaming clinic. You want to know how to master stream, master streaming. You want to know how to multi-stream from one device, set it and forget it, uh, engage with your, listen, all of that Sunday. Vendors, all my vendors getting you ready for the summer. You've already booked your date. You already got your vendor tables, let me tell you. But you are not selling out. 
I'm going to take you from selling to sold out, from selling to sold out. That is a vendor clinic. That's going to happen Sundays at uh, 2.30. Streaming clinic is Sundays at 4.30. And they will be on locations so that it's like a field trip. You're going to absolutely love and enjoy. Those are the meetups that I'm going to have. So those are coming up. Um, and then we've bringing the consulting, the consulting is back as well. All right. As you can see, I got plenty of reasons, plenty of reasons, plenty, 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 plenty of reasons to get out of bed. And there on your screen is more information and look for that. That's what you want to look for. That's the flyers. You're going to see those in the timeline. Just want to get you familiar with that. And that's going to tell you all the information you need to know about the streaming clinic. Okay. Plenty of reasons to get out of bed, but listen, let's make sure we're up and good and ready. And I'm looking around. I got my journal. And honey, somebody done stole my pen. Let me go. Let me see. I've got books galore, all this stuff right here. And I've got not one pen. So I've got to find something to write with. Let me go in the person. Ooh, good pen. Good pen right there. Okay. All right. So for, let me tell you, for those of you, um, because I know I am on uh, I'm back on a, another page today, so let me give you a little backstory about how to get out of bed works. Um, it depends on what you subscribe to, okay? You're going to hear me use some languages based on things that I subscribe to, but you need to apply it to what you subscribe to, and that is as far as your belief system, okay? I'm not going to be dropping scriptures and all that kind of stuff. That's not me, but we're going to talk about what I subscribe to, all right? We're gonna talk, I'm going to talk in a language based on what I subscribe to, and you will interpret or translate that into a language that you would subscribe to. This is a two-way conversation. Um, how, did I, how did I come through four years of absolute trauma, living on the edge of absolute fear, to one, have, still have some sanity to today, the little that I do have, and still have the motivation, the courage, no, not even the motivation, the absolute courage to go back out and face the world again. Knowing all these things happen, that's literally just a part of life, literally just a part of life. One of the ways is I prioritize my day. Let me tell you what it's about. It's all about decisions. That's the first word I'm writing down. Okay, so what we do, I grab a journal. I like to start each of my days. Wait, artist, thanks so much for coming in and coming back. I am that person. Each of my days has to be a blank page. There are some things that carry on from day to day that's a part of life, that's a part of human nature. But as far as my focus is, when I go to bed at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. We're not taking whatever's going on, we're not taking this into tomorrow. Because when I wake up, I know that I, I have to be again on my mission. I've got things that I'm accountable for, things that I'm responsible for. I've got things my family say, well, mom, you're kind of neglecting some things. You know, it's like, okay, how are you doing? You know, can you, can we help? Then I said, they didn't come in and say, look, it's time to get over it. It's time to get back. They just kind enough. I'm forever grateful, you know, but said to me, it's time to make some decisions. It's time to make some decisions because all your life, you have said your life was going to be ordered. Your steps is going to be ordered. And I understand. I, I did not. Oh, you did not go out. It, it said you just came back in. Check it. Maybe yours refresh or something. Um, I'm talking. This is a two-way conversation. And we're talking to you guys. So um, one of the things is decisions. I had to make some decisions, right? And dial it back. 
I had to dial it back. That's the first thing I'm going to write. Second thing I'm going to write down is how to dial it back. Because what I know for sure through those around me is when we have to make some decisions, there's some things depending upon the decisions that we make. Oftentimes, I saw an article the other day, and I wish I could share it with you guys, but it's on a platform that I don't even want to deal with y'all, so I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I, have, I, have found, I have organized one of these platforms where I can go to a place where I don't know nobody, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to know nobody. I, let me tell y'all what I did. Drastic. Let me write down the word drastic. Let me explain to you. Let me explain. Okay, now keep in mind, um, I... I, I'm Southern, so I dropped some consonants, okay? But let me explain something to you. I, took, I made a drastic decision because my social media, my dog's barking. My social media, um, and if you're catching this as a podcast, I record these in a live social media environment, right? In the midst of family and all of that. Here he comes like, why are your door closed? It's late. Uh, we're doing a podcast late, doggy. All right. I made a drastic decision. I went over to my LinkedIn and some of y'all diehard LinkedIn people got a fake right now. I went over and I unconnected myself with everybody. That means I deleted everybody. That timeline, my timeline on LinkedIn was feeding me nothing. It was giving me some of the same anxieties. I'm going to write that down because as much as we talk about it, um, spell it for me, y'all. Okay. Can't write today. Can't bear to see today. My eyes are tired. Anxiety. It was my LinkedIn was giving me some of the same anxieties as my Facebook, as my Twitter. And I'm like, why am I one? Why is it? Why is because first of all, now me, I'm a data analysis person, right? That's what I do. I, I study human behavior and data analysis of what we're doing on social media. So I already know this is human nature. I already know the facts. I, oh, let's go write that down. Facts, right? Because that's I'm, like, what are the facts here? The facts here, what's going on on LinkedIn is that 89 to 90% of the people that are on LinkedIn are also on Facebook. I know too many of these people on Facebook. We are already not doing business together and collaborating uh, and supporting one another on Facebook. I'd be damned if I'm going to let this take over my LinkedIn. Because what y'all tell me, LinkedIn is supposed to be that professional platform. It's supposed to be amazing collaborations, opportunities, and all that. This timeline over here ain't representing none of that, right? There are probably literally three people on here that I know have helped me to eat, right? Earn money, get a job, this, that, and the other. I don't even know why we're connected over here. So all, all this got to go, all of it, right? And what I love about it, I went on Facebook because I know, remember I just said, 90% of the people on LinkedIn are also on Facebook. So I went on Facebook and I said, listen, I just deleted everybody off my LinkedIn. Well, the people that were also on Facebook because with 90% on both, you can go on Facebook and talk about LinkedIn. You can go on LinkedIn and talk about Facebook, right? Because it's interchangeable. And so when I said I deleted everybody, those on Facebook said, went over and said, oh, yeah, she did. But I'm like, if you know, listen, after you said that I thought about deleting my Periscope and started, there's no reason to delete your Periscope unless, I mean, because you, wait, wait for it. Look, stop. Y'all, y'all got to let me finish the story before y'all go acting. Don't, don't, don't nobody delete nothing. Because even after I deleted the connections, I thought about it. I said, oh, wait. No, what happened was 
after everybody began to co-sign and start saying, okay, well, I'm going to delete too. And I'm going to delete. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, girl, you done started something. Hold up. I had to stand down. Everybody, just stand down. Don't delete nothing. Let me tell you. One of my friends, who actually is a cousin, who, congratulations to him, he just graduated with his master's in epidemiology and a dual master in, in something else. Anyway, he about to put on a white coat. That's all I know. I'm like, dude, how much do I need to support you in your education? Can you write a I mean, let me not get him. Let me not I'm just say you got to have a person in the family member, a family member in your family that can understand what's going on in the health system. And for us, that was my mother who was, who was, who was a nurse, right? God rest her soul. So now I got this cousin going in the medical field. I'm like, you got to have somebody that you can turn to because American medical system is right now upside down. Y'all, let me tell y'all need some black doctors. Let me hook, look, as soon as he get that white coat, okay, I'm just saying. As soon as he get that white coat, I will be making those referrals. And you got to have somebody that can write a prescription. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a lot going on out here. And one thing you know, black people are still to this day uh, being mistreated all up and down and through the medical system. And don't get me started on that because I just went through uh, it with four years of taking care of my mother's care. I can hear, I'm, I'm hearing feedback. Let me see. I hope y'all not hearing this well. I got it. Okay. Let me read a comment over here. Preach. I don't understand why they don't support. But let me tell you what well, we know, the human nature. I know why they don't support. I know exactly what. First of all, I mean, they're just not your customer. Okay. Just understand that. So I went over and I deleted everybody on, on LinkedIn. I came over to Facebook and I just said it just to see what the reaction was. Cause I needed to scream it out loud. Like I've, I have healed myself. I have deleted everybody on LinkedIn. And so all the people who are also on Facebook immediately went over and checked the LinkedIn to see if we were disconnected because not they weren't necessarily supporting, but they needed to be able to troll me everywhere, right? So everybody was like, well, maybe I should delete over here. Maybe I should delete them. I'm like, stand down. One person who was my cousin who I went off on a tangent about get graduating, congratulations, about to get his white coat and all that kind of stuff. But first he got, why is he going to study outside the country? Because one thing else you need to know in America, all these people that's getting these great educations, you can't necessarily get it here in America. They at some point have to leave this country and go where the technological advances really are. They have to go where the studies, are, the studies really are because America is built up on a bias racist construct system and education is the last thing that's really going on in America. Okay. That's why they upset now because of this Morehouse student, these Morehouse students not having 30 years of debt. Uh, that's all America is banking on is debt, right? People have done congressional hearings during the Obama administration, the Bush administration, and probably still going during the Trump administration that are saying to our congressional people that, investing in an educated America that there's no return. Listen, they said there is zero return on investing on educating Americans because of the way our education system is structured. Other countries, I myself personally have been in the room with world leaders who have said to the leaders of this country that there are technologies out there where they have been able to lift their entire poor out of poverty. And it has nothing to do with building jails and prisons and over-policing and under-protecting 
All of these things that people we vote for fight about every day is how to reinstitute. Ain't nothing going on in America but how to reinstitute the slavery. That's it. That, that's the only thing going on in America right now. So if you're not using these platforms to see what's going on in the world, and if you have not made a plan to go between and all up and through this planet, listen, LinkedIn ain't but half your problem. Okay, so what I did was the cousin, the real smart cousin, he's like, listen, let me tell you, there's a person you need to get with that's going to tell you how to rock your LinkedIn. Come to find out. Talk about not supporting. We were already friends on Facebook. I'm like, but I, but Facebook ain't showed me none of her content. And, and here I am talking about LinkedIn and Facebook didn't even show me like she just did the day before had a LinkedIn workshop. She just the day before that posted a five things. She did a live video talking about five things you need to do on LinkedIn. Now, Facebook, now if I come on here and mention all this other kind of stuff. I'm going to go over there. It's going to be all kind of ads on Facebook. Why Facebook? Why you didn't show me this live stream she did about the five things, top five things. Where's my book at? It's in the other room too. Top five things to do on LinkedIn. And then I go over there and I'm going to delete everybody on LinkedIn. When one of those five things was just, listen, here, here are the five type of people you need to follow. I didn't need to delete all of my connections. All I had to do was hide them jokers. You don't need to see them. You don't, I don't want to see. All I had to do was go to those accounts and say, I don't want to see them in my stream. Because, you know, on the mobile version of LinkedIn, um, you first thing they send you to is like Facebook, a timeline, right? And in that timeline was a whole bunch of stuff I don't need to know, don't want to know, don't want to see, don't need to see, Right. Okay, all of it's giving me all kind of anxieties. How do I get to the facts? How do I get back to one of the five things she said is the industry experts? How do I get back to the knowledge base? How do I get back to uh, key information? Facts, right? I'm thinking well, once I deleted everybody in my, in my stream was like, then came all these things that LinkedIn was recommending, right? Because, oh, you knew, it assumed I was new. It started recommending people. I'm like, whoa. And then all this kind of stuff. So what I decided as a strategy for me to be able to escape all this other stuff going on, I curated a timeline of companies versus people. And I put back those three people who I can say, over the 17 years I've been blogging this dryer buzz, over the 20 years to 30 years that I've been a thought leader in social media and a voice in my community, I put back those three people. Because seeing their posts is something that helps me get out of bed, right? And then I started to slowly add back people, making connections, but I don't want to see them in my timeline. And, and if they were on another platform, I'm like, you know, we don't need to be on this one too because I'm gonna, we ain't doing nothing with each other over there. So um, the young lady, was oh, we were already friends on Facebook. Uh, I went and tr scrolled and trolled her timeline. She had all this great information. And I'm talking about Demisha Wright. I think it was D-E-M-I-S-H-A-W-R-I-G-H-T. And I think it was either Wright University, W-R-I-G-H-T University. Um, let me shout her out because give me, give me five things. And then she had a 16-point checklist download. She is definitely an industry expert when it comes to LinkedIn. I'm going to tell you, I have never been to a networking or any kind of group where people weren't frustrated about how to use LinkedIn. 
And so I'm, I'm so excited to have rediscover her. When we talk about Henry, we talk about our friends and things don't support on these platforms. There's a middleman between us, even though, cause I know Henry does a live stream. Well, I get that notification like so late by the time I get on there, he's like checking out, you know, and you have to watch the replay. And you, when you're watching a replay, you have to let people know that you're watching a replay because the data, I'm going to write down data. Today is a D word data. Going to check, uh, Demetria Wright, right? And I want to say Hustle, but I know Hustle University is somebody else's. But so hers, it, there's Hustle in there, but um, I think it's right. Oh, like the right Hustle. I think it says something like the right Hustle University or something like that. I, I, I just remember some initials. I'm t- this is my first time seeing her brand. Y'all know I'm all about remembering people's brands, but this is my first time seeing it. And, and I saw it in a couple of different ways that she had it, but I just remember it was right. W R I G. And I think I want to say right style. Something was her.com. Okay. Demisha, help us out, honey, please help us out. But, uh, look her up. Demisha, Wright. Um, right university with the W R I G H T LinkedIn or look up, right LinkedIn you'll find it but let me just get back to decisions it's all about decisions that was a that was a drastic decision I made but it was a decision that needed to be made uh what was her name again Demisha Demisha it's either D-E-M or D-I-M-I-S-H-A on Facebook now mind you she is a LinkedIn expert, but my LinkedIn was so jacked up, I would never have found her on LinkedIn. I don't even know we were connected on LinkedIn. The one thing you should have on LinkedIn is some LinkedIn industry experts, okay? And she is, these young people at, that are graduating, uh, she just had a workshop for them, um, that, so they are connecting. And, and there's so many great things that you that you can do. But just be careful. Let me tell you, I make some really good decisions on your, your follows and things like that. But one of the reasons when we, I know we get upset about people not following, not acting on is because they're, the social media is literally the middleman. Um, so you can post something, you can have X amount of followers and things like that. And they don't even see it. One thing I love about LinkedIn is what I did. I told you I started following and I know this ain't a LinkedIn conversation, but it's, this helped me get out of bed because I was like, if I don't have a platform that I can turn to, that's going to aid me in my goals, I'm, it's going to fail. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail, but I won't succeed as greatly as I want to this time around. I got to come back full steam ahead, full speed, because I got to get back into, even though I took time off, I took about four to five years off. Literally, literally people were like, People are like, man, you know, the last breakfast, uh, yeah, the last breakfast, whether you know or not, was the week before my mother died. Okay. But I don't want to say that to people it was like, man, when are you going to, this is what they say to me with dryer buzz, you know, when is the next breakfast? Man, you had that, that one breakfast I came to, right. I had them for a full year. You came to one, right. But you knew that I had such a level of consistency because for those who came to that one, they had been trying to get their, their ish together so they could come all year long, right? Because they knew that's like this sister is consistently having this amazing event. I got to get my ish together. But then by the time they got their ish together, I was getting ready to go through some of the worst trauma anybody ever experiences. That last breakfast I had and the ones leading up to, I would leave. The, there's a reason why I had a breakfast at 7 a.m. in the morning. There's a reason why I had to push y'all out. Like, listen, y'all, this, this has got to be over. I got to go back into caregiver mode, right? 
I had a breakfast for a full on year. 7 a.m. was supposed to be 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. But entrepreneurs and creators were so starving for real holistic networking, productive networking, that we wouldn't leave out of there to 12 or 1 o'clock because of how much networking, true, real network. Because let me tell y'all, people who show up at 7 a.m. in the morning, they would beat me there. Those people are serious. If you are still going to the after work network, it's got a DJ, it's got a blue drink, expensive parking, that's not networking. The real networking takes place over breakfast and even before then, okay? Those people who were up at 5 a.m., these are the people who were up at 5 a.m. going to the gym, then they go home and get ready. They come into breakfast at 7 a.m., they in the office at 9, 10, 11, 12. They can afford to go. That's why when I do, um, let me put this on the screen, when I do my workshops, let me tell you, they started, my business one is 7 a.m. Because I don't want no stragglers. I don't want no pushback. I want people who are serious about their business. But I used to have to tell them, listen, y'all, I'm in the caregiver space. I've got to get back. I only have uh, care for my mom until a certain amount of time, right? And people don't understand that was an amazing business venture. But at the same time, I was going through trauma. And so they don't understand, people don't understand and they don't need to understand that. But to be able to now, this is what I love about it in hindsight. Oh, write that down. Hindsight. When I tell people and one of the reasons I didn't want to stop it, but I couldn't hand it off. There was no, this discussion is so timely. I have a, uh, what's it? I have a damn damn moment this morning. Right. Let me tell you, and it's going to happen, and you need to understand it's going to happen. But the fact that I can sit here today and tell you that I had all of that going on and it did not impact me professionally, the fact that I can tell y'all that I just took four years off, okay? I took a leave of absence four years ago in July of 2014. I was getting ready to go around the world on a book tour, and my mom became ill. My son graduated and my son was going to get on a plane going one way. He was going to um, basic training for the Air Force. I was going to travel and do my book signings and so forth. I ended up doing uh, my book tour via live stream because my mom became ill and I refused to leave her side. I ended up writing eight additional books and people were like, oh, I love this book. But they don't understand. I wrote that book in the hospital at my mother's bedside, right? And I ended up, and I got this, let me tell y'all, Henry, I'm gonna attribute this to Henry. Henry at the time was on his own book tour and he was talking about you gotta right size your life. So that, he, did, he, he knows it now, that was helping me get out of bed because my life was changing by the minute. It's like, wait a minute, right? But I had to make the right decisions to be able to sit here today with some sanity. I had to make the right decisions. I had to have the right people around me. I had to delete some folks. I had to hide some folks. That conversation, like, like people think you're going to walk away from this. People who will question your decisions, you got to let them go. Right. I can't tell you how many people would suggest that I do otherwise. I'm like, well, no, here, here's how my priorities, write that down. Here's how my priorities line up. I don't know about you, 
But here's how I don't ever want to get that call that something has happened and I'm unaware. Okay. I don't want to ever not be able to get back to the things that I, I don't want to ever not be present. I got a different set of priorities rather than trying to convince people how I think or what I subscribe to. I'm like, I just want to deal with them right now. Okay. And there are those that are around me. They don't get offended when I don't call. They don't get offended when I don't show up because they truly understand who I am. I've missed a lot of stuff in the last four years. Let me tell you. Right. But I had to right size my life. I had to have events. It's like, you think I want to be at Brandon Douglasville instead of Atlanta? But it was the best thing ever. It was the best. Look at that, honey. Everybody rolling. Everybody trying to roll. I had now the news, everything. Like, wait, let's go outside the perimeter. What's going on outside the perimeter? Wait a minute. You mean to tell me the top Atlanta influencer is now talking about these small cities outside the perimeter? Where they do that? Right? Well, Atlanta is done. Let me tell you, I'll stick a fork in her. Stick a fork in her. New Atlanta. I, let me hear you say Atlanta one more time. You better say old Atlanta and new Atlanta. Okay? Mayor Keisha is the mayor of new Atlanta. Old Atlanta is gone. That's why the sister can't make no mac and cheese. Old Atlanta, everybody, I brought mac and cheese last night. I'm just saying, I'm not about to let her be at mayor of old Atlanta. She is not. And I like her that I'm not saying I don't. I like the fact and I hope she implodes that jail that the old mayors allowed somebody to build at the uh, what do you call it, the archway. We had a prison a jail. They don't call it a prison, even though people be in there a hell of a long time. When you coming from the airport. And you get to the beautiful archway of downtown Atlanta. The first thing you're going to see is a jail. I don't know who, and I, I, I don't know who did that. But I guarantee you, before this is out there, and y'all, let me tell you, she is working with, she's working across the, what do you call it, across the aisle on some things. That's why it says New Atlanta. She's working across the aisle. She went to, she just went to D.C. at the invite across the aisle. I'm just saying, okay. Mm. So I'm going to let her. I'm going to let her roll up all in through it with her, with her jail reform because jail had her, her parent going to jail had a major impact on her life. So I, I know she can't wait for the day to knock that thing down. Let's see. Okay. Let me make sure I got everybody. All right. So it's all about some decisions. And the one thing about people can't get out of bed. And, and I, what I know is that most people can't get out of bed for the simple fact they are not, they're putting too much emphasis on their decision making based on other people the one thing that I subscribe to is I just need a blank page I just need a blank page and I always consider my priorities you if you can't make a decision first of all dial it back dial it back to and and be honest with yourself let me write that down you got to be honest because you can't get to the truth without being honest but you got to first be honest with yourself why is it you can't make that decision there were some decisions that I had to make that I was trying to make over the last couple of years. Things that I had to do um, in the trauma zone was there were people in and around me who questioned the fact that I was willing to give up some clout, right? There were some people like, I can't believe you're going to walk away from what, what do you mean you can't believe? This has nothing even to do with you. I have allowed you too much. I've given you too much permission on my life, right? Because there were those who wholeheartedly understood. Because there was one of one of my dearest, like 
please don't isolate yourself again because they know that's what I will do. I, I don't have to have certain associations. I don't have to have certain things. What do you mean? You're not, you're not going to drive this? No, I'm not going to drive that. Right? Because the one thing I don't want to do is I need to put a whole lot of, one, I, I, y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, when Henry said you got the right size, I was like, and what I love about going into your, going full on into your priority is those who need to leave will get gone. Those who need to leave will get gone. And I had to discover there were those around me simply because of the clout and what it meant to drop my name or to know this or to know that, right? And, and that's all fine and dandy because it made it easier to make those, make those decisions. So I had, to, I had to dial it back a lot, right? And even now, like, oh, my God. It's so easy to get out of bed because my phone doesn't ring in the morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Those eight o'clock calls, I don't get those, right? Those those fake people, all of that stuff. All of that lifestyle knows not to come this way. Uh, that crowd sharing, we it's called crowd sharing. Uh, when I get ready to make a decision, I don't put it. I come on here and I talk about it. Like when I when I when I let me tell you. I decided to delete everybody off LinkedIn. I didn't go on a platform and say, y'all, should I delete everybody? No. I'm like, I, don't, I just deleted everybody on LinkedIn. I didn't crowd. There was an article that came out, and it said, stop crowd sharing your ideas. Stop looking for somebody to co-sign what you're doing. If you, if, if, if you think about you got to do this thing, you might have to, you might have to make these some decisions. It just means... You've got to make some decisions. You've got to make some decisions. And your decisions should be wholly yours. You should be able to go to an industry expert in those decisions. But I didn't know the LinkedIn industry expert at that time. And those that, that I do know that um, said they rock, they rock LinkedIn, they give me pause. The oh, pause. People who give you pause, put them on pause. If they give you pause, put them on pause. If, if there's an apology between you and me, if there are always disclaimers need to be said between you and me, like you call, girl, I'm sorry we ain't talked in a while. Okay, we ain't got to talk right now. Bye. You know what I'm saying? You know how you see somebody on social media, they, before they start their post, they're like, well, I, I rarely ever talk about this. On, okay, don't, I'm scrolling on by. Let's not even talk about it now, right? You need to say, it needs to say, this is my first time doing it. Let me humble myself and understand how important it is to share with real people, right? People who... People who literally walk up to you or call you or get on your thing and give you a disclaimer, y'all. I'm going to write that off to the side because it goes with everything. Don't give me no. I don't like disclaimers. I don't like apologies. I'm a Scorpio. We don't apologize for nothing because we only act when it's necessary. And I don't like side effects. And that's what LinkedIn was giving me. LinkedIn was giving me a bunch of side effects. Every time, every time I would go on my LinkedIn, I'm like, how do I know these people? I don't. I really don't. And those that I did, I'm like, I deal with them every day on Facebook. I don't. So I had, so I had all these different ways of which I could necessarily delete everybody. Oh, this person, you know, man, they've been in charge of this department forever. I've never had an opportunity from that. Bye. Right. You know, walking up to people still walk. Let me let me open my book. Let me tell y'all. I print I first printed this book. The copyright on this book says 
The first print is 2011, I believe. And I'm telling you, copyright 2011. People still to this day walk up to me every day. I've got to get your book. No, you don't. Right? Because I, I just walked up, I just walked in this networking. You don't even know I was coming. Hell, I didn't know you was gonna be here because you don't share. Right? Let me tell you, the worst thing you can do is have said something to me on social media and then we walk up into the same space. I ain't feeling too good about that. I don't know about y'all. Right? Because I know. If I'm going somewhere, I have told y'all I'm going. And I have told you, if there's an opportunity for you, I probably have told you about it. I'm like, some of these people I scroll by, I walk. Let me, and this is the thing about Atlanta. This is, I don't know if it's about anywhere else, but this is why I say the new Atlanta, the old Atlanta. I went to this financial summit, right? And only reason I went because, you know, hell, they damn near begged me to come. So I was like, got to go. Let me go to this financial. I go to this financial summit and I'm. There's, they got the tables and the rounds. There's lunch, there's dinner, there's speakers and all this kind of stuff. And my, my seat happens to be at a table. I sit down at the table and three or four of the people at the table are Facebook friends, right? And, I'm, and one of the, you know, so now you, we're hardly strangers, right? So one of the gentlemen uh, sitting there, wholly recognized them, like, and I said, we're friends on Facebook. He was, he was like, no. Oh, okay. Let me go go Facebook. Let me unfriend. Right? I'm like, isn't that you? Because isn't that what we do today? It's like, is this you? Oh, yeah. Well, we've been friends for six years. I'm like, and I know, and, and, and the thing about it is, I don't send friend requests. I'm, I'm usually not the one to, um, to initiate that in social media simply because I'm a blogger and all of my stuff is public. So that kind, it's not even necessary for us to, to establish that. And one thing I know in my business, I need to meet strangers every day. I have to meet new people every day. Right. So I was like, and I go into this thing and I'm like, man, I know a lot of these people in here. And one of the reasons that gave me pause is because the speaker that they had brought in, this international speaker that they had brought in, had heard so much about collaborations not happening in Atlanta. And they were talking about how, what was, so much, what was available to us in this city. And it's amazing that on this international, because you know, one thing about it, is when they book these speakers, they book them for, you know, the entire year. Like, you, they're going to hit all these cities. And when they got to Atlanta and they were talking about how, you know, Atlanta is just, we're, we're only, it's like a mental thing. Atlanta only wants to be perceived as something, but when it comes down to the skeletal of this thing, we're really not as connected. We're really not networked. We're really not producing you know everybody wants to brand uh the city but yeah and, and i'm like he kind of right because you know we all sit here at this table and i know i and, and this is me talking to the group at my table i'm like i know i have seen y'all several times and we and i said to them i said we keep coming to these events but when we leave here we're not working together and i know i have seen y'all at these events you know for some time now 
what is going on with this city. And, and I'm going to tell you, even just as, as of last week, I was talking with a gentleman who has opened, he's had, to, he's just brought a restaurant here and it's not a chain restaurant. It is part of uh, a young guy too, man, just got all kind of restaurants. And, um, he was talking, it has, it's a chain, but they all have individual names. And he was talking about, he hated the fact that he had to come simply because of the issue that's going on here where all of these companies, you know, they're being, you know, at when Atlanta started, um, trying to entice Amazon to come, well, knowing or thinking that an Amazon was come, people were like, we got to get, we got to get on the ground in Atlanta. So all of this stuff that's going on is the fact that, you know, if not Amazon, a uh, major companies leading up to an Amazon is, is going to come here because of the things that have been established to attract an Amazon. It's like reaching for the stars, you know, and, and the moon comes or reaching for the moon and all the stars come, that kind of thing. So he said one of the things that's going on because there's so many opportunities here right now that people will go all the way through the interview process and get the offers and ghost. They still won't show up. So he had to come to train people to retain people. So he had to come. They've got, they've got, they've had, to, and he was literally picking my brain. He, they had to have a master meet, master, he's got to have a master meeting because they have now have got to come up with something to make people follow through. It's like now they're at the point now where the inter- interview, the offer, and you got to like get them. They got to start work like right now because if you let them out the door, they're not coming back because the offers are so competitive right now. Okay. So if you, let me tell you, if you're out there and you're not negotiating, if you are out there on the, on the job circuit and you are not negotiating and you're not asking for what you really want, I don't know why. Listen, please don't be out there taking less and not knowing your worth because it is, it is your market right now. It is your market right now, especially to our young students that are graduating. Uh, you've already been interviewing. You probably got all kind of offer, crazy offers out there. Um, but make sure you are asking, don't just like, and I know it, they're, they're throwing stuff at you and it all sounds good, but guess what? You still can get a little bit more because it's, it's, it's a employer employees, uh, market right now. And it's insane what you can go. So as you are making your decisions, uh, and I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Where are we on time? We are good. We're getting ready to end in the out. We're, in, we're coming at the top of the hour here. Uh, decisions. Dial it back. This is what I wrote down. Um, in our decisions, a lot of times we're trying to make the big decision. We're trying to make the big decision. Even in your big decision, there are things that lead up to that. The first thing is how to get out of bed. That's why it's a podcast called How to Get Out of Bed, okay? Because let's think about it. You think about something that's going to happen at the end of the day, go ahead and get the day started. Why is that a problem getting the day started? And I'm recording this on a weekend, and you already thinking about what's got to happen on Monday. If you don't get out of bed today, and if you don't let somebody know what you've got going on, then, yeah, you're going to have anxieties till Monday, right? And then you're going to lose so much time. The one thing I learned through coming through the trauma zone, that thing, that greatest fear, that greatest fear didn't happen for four years. It did not happen for four years. And just imagine if I had spent every day not living, every day knowing, oh, Lord, this, this is going to happen. It's like, no, let me, that, that's a decision I got to make. 
But what can I do before I make that decision? What can I deal with now, right? Now became a thing to me. I could no longer live in the past. I could no longer regret this, that, and the other. I couldn't live in the future. I had the greatest lesson I had over all of this was right now. What are the priorities? I just got out of bed. What's the next priority that I could check off the list? Because checking things off the list, reaching those smaller goals, making those smaller decisions like, Oh, I got to go around this person to get this done. Um, I really don't need this. I really don't need that. We, yesterday we talked about do it sooner. We talked about do it sooner. At the end of the day, you want what? Freedom. If you want freedom, go for it sooner. Do a lot of the sooner. Replenish. Don't pause. Seasons. Understand that you, there's a reason why life is broken down in seasons. The rest of the whole universe is functioning on a season and you're trying to subscribe to something else. And it's okay to invent something new. It's okay to influence something different. But understand that going and going upstream and going against the green and going, that's nice. But sometimes you might have to go with the flow. Because a lot of times what going with the flow would allow you to do is rest, right? And don't look at it as always taking two steps back. It's just about rest. Let me write that down, rest. We're talking about getting out of bed. I couldn't get out of bed this morning because when I went to bed, I didn't go to bed in a restful manner. I didn't do the things that I have that have become my habits for shutting down my day, getting my behind off the couch, turning that TV off. I even came in, I laid down, got in the bed. The TV was on. I was on the cell phone. I was like, look, cut that phone off, cut that TV off. I have learned, and thanks to my cousin's suggestion, like, look, turn it all off. What's wrong with being in the dark? What's wrong with being in the quiet? Why is it, why do you, now she literally said to me, why do you not want it to be quiet? What are you trying to drown out, right? What are you afraid of? Well, hell, I got a lot of shit to be afraid of, but I can face it. What's going to happen? I didn't want to go into my thoughts, right? I didn't turn the TV off because I don't want to hear what's going on in my head. But the day I turned that TV off, y'all, I started sleeping really good. I started, I know now, let's see, uh, he ID'd using you this morning. I'm hoping I'm reading that right. But um, when I turned that television off, I realized that the television was what was keeping my mind going. Now, when I turn that TV off and roll over, y'all, I am out cold. Absolutely out cold. You know, and then now y'all know my son dropped his dog off uh, a year ago. I think I've had the dog now for a year. He snores like, oh, someone can, I don't even know. Y'all, I don't know why this dog and I are roommates. I don't know why his bed is in here. His bed's at the foot of my bed, and Lord knows I move it, and he moves it right back. Oh, my Jesus. But he snores like I don't know what. I get, and next thing you know, I'm in sync with his breathing. (laughs) One, it was the best thing ever. Taking the dog was the best thing ever. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. We had such a good time on our walk the other day. But anyway, and and apparently that's what, he was my dinner companion last night. So, okay. But sometimes you might have to make a drastic decision. Sometimes you have to make, and let me tell you, on that drastic decision, if something, if you always have to have a disclaimer on something, and a lot of times you might think about it. How many times a day? This is our exercise today. How many times are you going? Are you giving an exclaimer? I want to go to the movies, and we, you know, I think I'm like nobody needs an explanation. I had a girlfriend. I had to tell her, "Girl, stop, stop explaining. I don't need an explanation. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do." But she had lived her life. Leave the dog. I'm gonna leave that dog alone, artist, because I'm gonna leave the dog alone. But 
I had a girlfriend. And 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 we've known she was one person, apparently we've known each other forever. I still can't can't pinpoint today, but that's my mind in this time. Um and in her in her normal circle, I had to tell her, listen, this ain't your normal circle. I don't have those kind of requirements on our friendship. Okay. I don't care what you wear, uh, where you work, what you do, none of that. We have obviously come together because of something else. Okay. So here's I don't need a disclaimer. I don't need you to apologize. Listen, your life is your life. You're a grown woman. I'm a grown woman. I don't have those kind of requirements and criteria on my friendship. That's I'm not going to write that down. That's in another podcast, right? Um, drastic. you got to make some drastic decisions. So one thing we do with this before we get out of here is we come up with what our exercise is going to be for the rest of the day. Yesterday's exercise was... Uh, I got down here, deprive and thrive, to notice uh, what are you depriving yourself. Today, I want you to think about how many times you're making a disclaimer on what it is you really want. And ask yourself, when you hear yourself make that disclaimer, ask yourself, is this something that I really want? Is this something, do I need to crowdsource this? Okay? Do I really, Petty Betty, I love Petty Betty. Because what Patty Betty is a middle child, okay? Patty Betty, all her life was that child. Like, everybody else would be up under mama. Everybody. I don't care what room I was in. I don't care what I was doing. Everybody else was, where's mama? What's mama doing? Mama, where you going? Mama, what you doing? Mama this, mama that, mama that. Patty Betty, I'm like, I would, I would always, where's your sister? Where's your sister? I'd see two of them. You know, y'all know I have four kids, right? And they were all paired up at one, you know, they would always be one over here, two over here. You know, there, there was always some type of pairing. But Patty Betty was, I was, Patty Betty was the daughter. I was always, where's your sister? What, she didn't never need anybody. And I knew this was going to be her for life, right? Three of them, they would be out riding bikes. Where, where's your sister? Three of them, they'd be having, where's your sister? They, everybody be going to bed. Where's your sister? You know, it was always, where's your sister? What's she doing, right? Mom, we don't know. She gonna cuss us at because they they knew if they got in her business, you know she would. Petty Betty, no disclaimer, okay? Petty Betty wasn't apologizing. Petty Betty, I can't get Petty Betty to apologize for stuff right now. People are like, why you call her Petty Betty? That is not my child's name, but my child is petty as hell. And sometimes I rely on her being petty because I love the fact that she doesn't crowdsource nothing. I am so learning from her today, to this day, right? Petty Betty, I, Petty Betty and I was supposed to watch a movie marathon. Petty Betty said, okay, mom, we're going to take a nap. She done convinced me to take a nap. Next thing I know, Petty Betty is dressed and head out the door. I, we were laughing about that this morning. I'm like, where did you go? Ain't asked nobody. Ain't told nobody. She just done got dressed. She gone. I'm gone. I'll be back. Where's your sister? <laughs> so for the rest of the day, guys, as you get out of bed, as you even just stop just finding clarity in your day, check yourself. How many disclaimers are you trying to put on the decisions that you need to make? I want you today, just for the day, I ain't saying it's a lifetime behavior. I just want you to become aware of how much we need to dial these things back to our priorities, things that we subscribe to. Stop crowd sharing everything because crowd sharing everything, you're going to end up always with the crowd. And guess what? 60% of the crowd ain't doing half the stuff they say they're doing. 
30% of the crowd are the doers. And that 10%, honey, they are just unbothered. That freedom that you're talking about you want to have and want to experience, that's in that 10%. And 9% of those still faking it, okay? Let me tell you, that 1%, I love when people get out here and get mad at that 1%. But ain't but one, ain't but one person showed up at the graduations. This this time around and paid everybody's paid everybody's uh, loans, right? Okay, ten percent of ten percent became the commencement speakers, but ain't but one of them ain't but one of them paid off everybody's debt. So that's what I'm talking about. So and, and look, he didn't even ask Morehouse if he could do it. That's what I love facts. These are the facts, right? We're talking about Robert S. Smith. People will talk about, I don't care how many people do this and how many people have done it, because Oprah had done it as well. Uh, Buffett, Buffett, you know, all them gates, they, they've been paid enough for school. A lot of these schools are open simply because of the scholarships and grants, that come, money that comes from billionaires. If they get money from billionaires and money from states and money from the country. But he didn't crowdsource it. He ain't go to his legal department because now he done put it out there. And everybody, they've got to go and create the system for which he is going to do this. He ain't put no apology on it. I'm sorry, I can't do this for a whole school. He pointed to those students. I'm doing this for you. Okay? Go look at the hand. He pointed, right? Let me see. I want that kind of freedom. But if you want that kind of freedom, Henry, it starts with a decision. You can't put a disclaimer on it. You got to make some decisions. You got to dial it back. You got to start crowdsourcing because let me tell you, Crowdsourcing, the crowd don't want freedom. The pack is where? In the back. The pack is always in the back. Have you ever seen the pack in the front? Have you ever? It's one person. You've never seen a marathon where 10 to 15 come in first. It's always unquestionable, unquestionably one person. It might be that you have a leading pack, and I go to the marathon, and I will be out there live streaming at the Peachtree Road Race. He did not ask the dean or anyone. And he had already given them money. He had already satisfied the criteria to be the commencement speaker, having a relationship with the university, already donated money to the university, already put his name on a building in the area, the green space, and all that kind of stuff. Still, he went beyond. He didn't say, what if? He didn't even say, what if I wanted to pay that debt? He was like, I'm going to pay this debt. Uh, legal department, y'all work that out. School, y'all work. Because guess what? The the debt that he's getting ready to pay, that's not even money that goes to the institution. The institution is right over there right now trying to figure out how do they become the benefactor of this. But you don't already let these people, let these young people matriculate with four years of debt. So he's talking about satisfying the debt institution. He's talking about his money going to the debt institution. Now they've got to figure out how to get these guys out. See, the only way the money's going to go to the school is they got to figure out how to go back and get these, you know, get this money off of these students because many of them may have loans that are not traditional loans. So they were facing, you know, freedom. They, they're free. He just, I got your freedom. He just gave them their freedom. These are young people who can now make better decisions when it comes to jobs, right? They can take better risks. They can start families early. They can become innovative. They can now go spend their time uh, inventing stuff, creating stuff. You got you to gotta relieve people in this stuff. They were working overtime. I'm telling they're working overtime trying to get discussed. For, and the IRS is already like, wait a minute. That sounds like a gift. There's such a thing as a gift tax. 
and that must be satisfied. Let me tell you, and ain't nobody having the comments. Democrats, let me tell you, them the Democrats, they they allow the conservatives because Democrats can't come talking about taxes because they know Democratic voters like charging rich people. Harriet Tubman cop. Terry Tubman of college debt. Exactly. He done gave them their freedom. But everybody like, wait, before you get before they get free, uh, even if you're gonna pay off their debt, it's still gonna be taxable because it sounds like a gift. They over there trying to figure out how not to let it be a gift, how to make it a scholarship. Well, you can't make it a scholarship because the school has already allowed them to matriculate and and accrue all of this debt. And only the this thing, and let me tell you, like again, this America. America had no problem adding another three to 400 students to the debt rolls. In our country, artist says, in our country um, does not know how to be in debt. Right, not how not to be in debt. Because that's the only thing that this country is revolving around right now. Henry said he was the Harriet Tubman. Um, but freedom, it's about the decision, it's about dialing back, not crowd. And look at that, without crowd sharing, he was able to make a drastic decision uh, no anxieties. He went on, the man went on about his business. Uh, it's, it's down right now. We got to worry about, not worry about, but it's about the facts and the data. In hindsight, they're saying he should have did this. He should have did that. Like say, for instance, in hindsight, had he said the incoming freshmen could matriculate, he would have, he would have paid theirs. Then it would have been altogether different because then he could have just wrote a 40 million or 50 million or a hundred million dollar check to the institution. So it, the way he did it, he put a lot of people, uh, he created, you know what he did? He created a lot of work. Cause now they're talking about this decision that he made. It's going to take literally people working on this for about a year. Now these students, they can either defer it or go ahead and start making those payments. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting how this thing, and you know, they say a year because that means everybody doing commencement speeches next year. If they go ahead and put the proper procedure in place, guarantee the commencement speaker is going to bring much more to the table than a long winded speech. Ain't nobody trying to listen to people to this day have a hard time remembering who the speaker was at their graduation because of how they made them feel. This one, he freed them. Everybody's going to always remember uh, Robert F. Everybody's going to always remember Oprah because, like I said, a time or two, she's done the same thing. Bill Gates, okay, uh, and Buffett and, and the pack that the big billionaires have a pack <clears throat> that they are to give away these amounts of money. And I love that. An honest uh, pause and rest. And that's it. So, okay, guys, we got to go. So again, for the rest of the day, just check yourself. How much are you to put in the disclaimer? I came on here. I'm podcast. I podcast seven days a week. Um, some of you are seeing this on a particular platform. Okay. Say which one for the first time. If you want more, there are some in the archives on that platform. Right. Remember he said this was his class. Okay. Exactly. Amazing speech, amazing key points in his speech. Um, and a very, and a drastic decision, but a wonderful decision because it's going to change. It's going to definitely change some things. And not only that, it made people aware of how much debt our young people are walking. I can't, I'll tell you, honey, my daughter, after her college graduation, she was so excited and then went to the mailbox and got that first student loan. And we were like, Oh hell. Okay. 
And then, of course, at that time, she had her first job, you know, got to go ahead and take that job. So just think about when we talk about freedom, just think about the consideration. There's a young person who don't have to rush off into a corporate environment. They can now not having debt. They could now go off into their community. They could go now and, and do their dream job. You know, they, there are those who can go now and start their families, um, getting their families on the right path because they don't have that debt. I mean, you know, some of these, some of these things, you know, they're mortgage, not, not some of them. These are equal to mortgage payments, what people are paying, you know, and, and it's, it's insane uh, especially to the fact that you can go to other countries and get this better education for free. Not the same. You can go outside this country and get a, and get a better education for free, uh, depending on where you go. I'm still paying them loans at age 67. It lasts forever because it is the one debt that we have in this country that you cannot walk away from. You can't put it, you can't file bankruptcy. You can't do nothing with it, but pay it. And a lot of people continue their education, gaining more debt just to keep rent, to get to a point where they can get to a level where they can even afford to pay it off. And they said a lot of, a lot of debt that goes on, especially for those who did not finish, um, that end up with finished school. So you don't get the job that then was required to pay off all of that, all of that debt. But again, those are, those are just some decisions that people have to make. And so just think about other students, you know, just think you graduated, you did very well. Um, you got offers, but now you can't get out of bed because the debt is like, it's not, it's just not, you, you got this dream job, but then you realize like, wait a minute, you mean all my money got to go to paying this stuff back, you know, and then you out there trying to compete with people coming from other countries who got a better education and then they don't have the debt because their country educated them for nothing. Their country educa educated them um, on systems that, you know, they, they come from places where their community or their ethnicity or their culture tax, tax themselves in order to make sure that they could, they could rise to this occasion, this occasion, you know, but we don't do that here. And I've been talking about that at, at, a, at a number of tables where we've got to get to a point where we're willing to self-tax ourselves more so than for these things that give us gratification. We've got, to, it's got, I mean, think about it. Remember when Oprah um, created her school and she's talking about it in this book that she has out. That school was $30 million, right? 30, and $30 million at that time was like, wait a minute, we as a community, we're blowing that kind of money, Right. We should be not saying that Oprah shouldn't have a school because, and that's what we were talking about yesterday. We were talking about people look at equality. When they think about equality, they don't think that of everybody having, they think that everybody should have not. Listen to those conversations. They don't think that equality, when we talk about equality, we don't think, we don't talk in the sense that everybody should thrive. We talk about everybody should be deprived. We got to learn how to flip the script on this. And that's what's going to happen in this. He just, um, Robert F. just, um, he flipped the script. He made people aware of how much. It's like, wait a minute, $40 million. We, we are out there not raising $40 million. These students, are gradu a graduating class has, a, has coming away with a debt of like $40 million. You mean to tell me we're not doing this for everybody? How many people 
do we know? And they may doing it. They're probably doing it in silence. And I'm not saying, and I'm not trying to put this on anybody, but but a community. All right. Most of these, and let's just talk particularly about HBCUs. Okay. Most of the HBCUs are are in areas in deprived communities. Okay. But those same deprived communities are spending an average of twelve million dollars on on a on a hot lottery. Right. We we have graduating classes that are graduating. They're some of the last classes, mind you. Let's keep it real, okay? Because scholarshiping right now is a thing. Listen, you hear all the amounts these kids are going to scholarship. I don't know a kid going off to school right now that's not going off with a, a nearly a full year, full full ride, okay? These kids are going after these scholarships because there's an app for it, right? There's an app. All they got to do is go. And, Get their information on these apps. These apps are going out there find these scholarships. These kids are getting all kinds of scholarships, okay? So, mind you, it's, it's coming to an end. But because it's coming to an end, you have those who are feverishly working to move that debt into other areas. Because, again, as you said, um, we live in a country where it's built on debt, right? It's, that's another D word. I'm going to write that down. At the end of the day, uh, you don't want to end up with that debt. You don't want to end up deprived. I'm going to write that down. Right. If you want to get rid of deprivation and that's what a lot of us want to do. Um, But you think about it. Forty million dollars. How is it that a school, a historic school is not raising 40 million dollars? How is it that a historic school is not presenting their graduates with freedom? How is it that graduating, especially at some of the levels that these young people are graduating, how are you not grad? How is it? How are you graduating into debt and not into freedom? Where and, and these schools are having these campaigns to raise this money. They they have endowments. They look for um, you know through the alumni and through associations and all that kind of stuff. But how is it? That we are not at that point. Shana just came in. Shady or just came in. Guys, we're getting ready to head out. We're just we're just talking about what we're gonna do today. You know, that means that you are handing them a diploma with a disclaimer. You're giving out a diploma with a disclaimer. That's a disclaimer if ever I heard one. You know, here's your diploma. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you now have to go face the world. Instead of being excited about them, excited about them going to face the world. So again, lastly, forty just think forty million dollars. You know, fifty million. The, the the beauty supply store is walking away with fifty million a week. Okay, beauty. Okay, the Forbes list. Go over there and look at the Forbes list. And I'm not just talking about Kylie Jenner, more power to her. But if you look at the Forbes list on the women's Forbes list. There were three or four of them on there, made it on the Forbes list, simply because of makeup, lipstick, eyeshadow, right? I'm just saying. It's like, okay, she's, she's, she's the latest billionaire. Where, where is her? Where is, and I, I don't mean to ask. Well, I do kind of, let me not disclaimer that, right? Okay? And people are upset because her sister is is doing the, the uh, justice stuff. That's what freedom is. Freedom is being able to say, okay, I'm going to go get some people out of jail. I'm going to go help these people that have been working on this issue forever. Use my platform. What are you using your platform for? Okay, don't just use your platform out here making disclaimers. So for the rest of the day, what are you putting a disclaimer on? 
I'm not putting a disclaimer. I am so glad to have the support of Natural Soap by Zakia. Listen, you want to get a great start to your day or you want to, as part of your getting your rest at night, make Natural Soap by Zakia your soap in your house. You stay cleaner longer. You rinse clean. Your shower rinse clean. How many of you are dreading your weekend because now that means you got to go clean your bathroom? I don't, I don't have to scrub nothing because I rinse clean. My shower rinse clean because I use natural soap by Zakia. Um, it's time to start shopping for dad. She's going to have some amazing products for dad. I want y'all to, I want every dad out there to smell like this stuff called all right, all right, all right. So keep watching. Zakia's going to announce her new soap. If I gave you a spoiler alert, I guarantee you the dad collection is going to have a lot to do with Kevin Hart. And look at Kevin, look at all the stuff that Kevin Hart went through. But as, but at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, I hate saying that at the, at the beginning of the day, he's still a dad. So if you want dad to have a signature clean scent and dad to be signature clean, go over there and check out Natural Soap as a Kid. She does have a men's line. Uh, fellas, y'all are going to love this activated charcoal for uh, detoxing. She's got some beard care, uh, skin care as well. These are our handcrafted artisan uh, soap. The loofah soap is coming, ladies. The uh, pumice stone soap, pumice stone and, and pedicure set is coming for the summer. You want to definitely check that out. But you need to go to Natural Soap as a Kid. And when you go, let her know that you uh, heard her heard about it on Dryer Buzz. Uh, make sure you put in your code Dryer Buzz uh, so that we can continue to have their support. Also. If you are wanting to finish up your book, publish, no matter who you are, no matter what industry, industry expert has a book. The industry experts all have a book. If you already have a book out there, you want to leverage it, you're trying to leverage it on Amazon and other platforms. Because let me tell you, honey, Walmart's trying to take over publishing. Y'all don't even know. But you will know all of this stuff. The way to get industry information is, is it being a part of the right association. So if you're interested in publishing, I'm, How to Get Out of Bed is my next book. That's why I have my journal here. That's why page after page, it starts with a blank page and page after page. I have written this down. These are my notes. So when I go back and I put how to get out of bed, it's going to be the next book. When I, um, go on tour with authors in business, authors in business. So definitely you want to on whatever platform you're on, use the hashtag a I B nation. She has created a nation of authors and they have gone all around the world, globe trotting as industry experts. And you're going to see drivers out there as well. Uh, so and if you go on any of their platforms, make sure you let them know you heard about them on Dryer Buzz. And also, I want to tell you, uh, you've been asking Dryer Buzz, when are the meetups? When are the meetups? Well, the meetups are back on Sundays, not once a month, Sundays. Hear me when I say this. Throughout the summer, we are Sundays. We've got two meetups. If you want to learn how to become a master streamer, you want to check out our streaming clinic. That's on Sunday. If you want to become a master vendor, you want to go from selling to sold out. You want to check out our vendor clinic. If you want a um, business meetup, that's going to be Monday mornings at 7 a.m. And these are small group. These are these are the offerings that I have for the summer. Go and sign up. SMClinics.eventbrite.com. That's social media. SMClinics.eventbrite.com. 
www.eventbrite.com. We will also have some webinars and subscriptions for those of you that are outside of Atlanta. But if you are coming to Atlanta, you're rolling to Atlanta on the weekend, and I already know you are, uh, hit me up 2.30 on Sunday, 4.30 on Sunday, 7 a.m. on a Monday. That means you get to come to a workshop at 7 a.m. and then head right on to the airport. We are literally on the same street. I'm on one end on the west side, uh, on, the, on is it west? North. North and south, okay? I'm on the same street. I'm on the north side of that street. The airport is on the south. So you'll be able to go come to the workshop and hightail it right on back to the airport. Same street, just different city, okay? All right, so really excited about that, guys. Uh, and I know you guys have been steadily uh, asking when are the... Uh, when am I coming back with the workshops? Also, you know, we are in the kitchen. Uh, Dryer Buzz is in the kitchen on Wednesdays. We'll be back season two for In the Kitchen with Dryer Buzz starts in June. We start in June. Uh, next week, I will be live in a studio making the lemonade. Um, the lemonade is going viral. All the stores are saying I got y'all buying lemons all over the place. So I will be making the lemonade live in studio uh, on next Wednesday, where they're creating a kitchen for me to go over to, we're going to test out Cinemaker. Cinemaker, um, we're going to be testing out the Cinemaker, and, and they're going to show how a, a cooking show can be produced. So, again, that's going to be part of our streaming clinics. But that one you'll be able to watch live uh, as we talk about what we're going to offer in the in the streaming clinics. And then um, make sure you do, don't let this die with you. If it was good for you, uh, please tell a friend. And one more thing I need you to do for me, and that is... Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.